Merry Christmas to all and to all a good day. Uh, thanks for joining us. This is our Christmas special for 2021. Christmas means a lot to a lot of people, but most importantly to Mike and I, it, it, the thing that gets forgotten the most, unfortunately, is the true meaning of Christmas, the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ, our Savior. So we want to talk a lot about a lot of things Christmas today, but first and foremost, we want to talk about the real meaning of Christmas and the nativity. So uh, we're going to kick things off with a bit of a Bible study on today's uh, podcast. So I hope everyone enjoys um, as we kind of talk about the, the true biblical story of Christmas. And we'll start with Luke chapter one, verse 26, and, and read on from there. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your room and bear a son and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. And for that reason, the holy child shall be called the son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who is called barren is now in her sixth month for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So we'll get Thank you, Jeff. deep into it. What? I said that was beautiful. Thank you. We won't get deep into analysis uh, today, but a um, couple things I, I do feel are, are worth pointing out or uh, that are um, fun to point out for, for anyone who hasn't heard the nativity before, you know, some important things to understand about why Mary's, uh, what, what Mary's significance is aside from being the, the mother of the son of God and what Joseph's significance is. Mary is directly in the line of David and as is Joseph and Jesus is both the root of David and the ultimate heir to David's throne. David, the last king of all of Israel, uh, well, really Solomon, but David is the one who was, who God anointed king after Saul. So this pulls a lot of prophecy together and, and ultimately unites a lot of things that are talked about in Isaiah. So we'll jump forward and we'll talk about the birth of Jesus. And we'll jump to Luke chapter two, verse one. Now in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that, that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census, census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed to, for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. And she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. 
In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not, not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, with, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth be peace among men, with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then, and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph, and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it wondered all the things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as he had, had been told to them. So, Mike, any commentary? Um, no, I think you're doing a, doing a great job so far. Um, are you going to, when are you going to hop into Matthew? I think I'll, I'll I'm actually about to hop to Matthew and tell um, essentially Matthew's ver, um, telling of that story now. Luke, okay, cool. I think, is the Luke, I think, is the the telling of the nativity that most people recognize. Um, yeah. So, most... um, sorry, when I, when I was younger, my parents would have us read the uh, nativity on Christmas Eve and be read from the Luke version. Say that so, one yeah, more time. Uh, when I was younger, my parents we mm -hmm. would read the uh, the, nat the nativity and the, the birth of Christ every uh, Christmas Eve and be read from Luke. So yeah. So it's it's kind That's of a good tradition. Uh, yeah, it's you almost. You to carry that forward with your daughter. I am. I got to figure out what version I wanted to read. I may I may stick with Luke, but we'll see. I'm more of a. I like the. I think you should probably do Luke and Matthew, which is. I mean, why we're going to do it right now? Yep. Like I said, Luke is um, the ver uh, the has more detail that people I think remember, um, but both, as you will find in all scripture completely agree with one another. There's no contradictory statements, which is what is important. But now we'll start with Matthew chapter one, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what, is, what was spoken by the Lord throughout the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. You're going to uh, hop into the, uh, sorry. I know, I, I'm going to bounce can, around like, a little bit again. Yeah, I can see you scrolling, I'm bouncing. sorry. No, you're okay. I'm bouncing around a little bit because I'm trying to find more. Uh, so for everyone listening, uh, apologies that we're bouncing around. Um, 
I want to, I, I want to make sure I'm telling everywhere one where I'm reading from and why I'm bouncing around a little bit. I'm trying to follow a little bit more of a chronological timeline and some of the events, um, jump if you, if you jump from, uh, so I'm going to jump to, we'll jump to the three wise men. How about that? Mike sound good. Yeah. That's perfect. So this is Matthew 2, verse 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what was has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, for out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent to Beth them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. And when you have found him, report to me so that I may come to worship him. After hearing the king, they went their way, and the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with, his, with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left their own country by another way. Now it's important to remember this is often not talked about in the, in the nativity, um, and and we won't get into this today. But that um, after that event, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus fled to Egypt for a number of years uh, to escape Herod. Um, yeah. And and Herod slaughtered uh, many slaughtered babies born in that time frame in Bethlehem, uh, very similar to uh, when the Egyptians slaughtered the male Jews uh, and and Moses escaped. Yeah. So uh, I think one thing I want, wanted to point out is, uh, does it actually say three wise men, that there are three, or is that just three gifts? Uh, let's jump back and, and read it again, just to... So I'm, I'm pretty sure that they only mentioned three gifts, and then people assume that each, uh, each wise man brought a, a, his own gift. They do not say three wise men. They do not, they, or three magi, or how, whichever yeah. translation you're reading. And for those of you curious, by the way, I am reading uh, from the New American Standard Bible, which is um, one of the more um, accurate translations of the original Greek mm -hmm. and yeah. and, uh, and Hebrew. So yeah, it's just I was wanting to, to point that out. A lot of people believe that it's three wise men, but it's only three gifts. And I like to imagine that there was four and they didn't tell the guy that they're bringing gifts. And they just kind of <laughs> pulled out gold and, and frankincense and myrrh. Like, oh, okay, and, we're bringing gifts. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. And, and for that matter, it could have it could have been many, many more. Yeah, um, very true. And so that's a, that's a good point that I, I would have glossed over. So last thing I wanted to read, Mike, was John. And this is not typically read as part of the nativity, but I think it's important because the – the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are very event focused and, um, and, and 
contain many of the same stories and uh, with maybe slightly different perspectives or adding slightly different detail. But um, those those gospels are very different than John, which is a much more theological perspective about Christ and and a, a an explanation of why and how Christ is God. Um, and so for that reason, I wanted to read uh, from John one, uh, specifically one through uh, verse one through 18 of John chapter one. In the beginning was the word and the word was God was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. There was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were, with, who were his own did not receive him. But as many received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word, of, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, Glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified about him and cried out, saying, This was he whom, who, of whom I said, He comes after me. He who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. He, for of his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, he has, he has explained him. I'll also point, I would also like to point out just for anyone who, um, I know many of our listeners probably know this, but for anyone who's not aware, the John reference in those verses is not John the disciple that wrote this, uh, the gospel of John. This is John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I actually wanted to to bring that up. So um, Zechariah, I thought it was it was funny. Um, this is the part of Luke one that Jeff uh, skipped over. Um, I thought it was funny that you know it talks about how him being like a, a righteous got uh, righteous before God and blameless, uh, but he didn't have a child. Um, his wife was Elizabeth, by the way, just the the kinswoman of Mary. So that's that's where, where we're going with this. Um, but he's he's listed as this uh, very holy man, and then when the angel comes, and he asks like, uh, if, I, if I can find it, it was one is funny that, or maybe not funny, but it says that when Zachariah saw the angel, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. Because if you read uh, the Old Testament and how they describe angels, they're not like people with wings; they're 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 like with thousands of eyes and like four sets of wings and all this type of stuff like they look not human if you read the old testament i always find it funny that uh when angels are brought up they're like people are in fear um that's that's something random um but i thought it was funny that when he's he sees the angel and him being a righteous man he uh he questions the, the angel so he's like um struck mute um, and he's not be able to speak until the the birth of the of his son, 
Um, but if you read further on, Zacharias doesn't speak until the eighth day when the son is circum uh, circumcised. So I'm guessing that in the Jewish tradition, like you're not considered born until after that date would be my guess. But I was thinking, I'm just like in my mind thinking like, all right, my son's out. Now I can shout and scream and like, ah, nothing comes out. I was like, all right, maybe once they cut the umbilical cord, <laughs> then I can speak. <laughs> and it wasn't until like he actually um, writes the name uh, John on a tablet because it's, there was no John in their family name. So the people actually wanted to name the son Zechariah after his father. And Elizabeth said, no, name him John. And then they asked uh, Zechariah and he was like, um, yeah, name him John. And then he could speak. So I just thought that was something that's funny that I noticed when I was like rereading this. <laughs> you have to wait eight more days. That is, no, that is fun. And it's you know uh, less less funny, but more informational. I it's it's interesting also to think about at the time period, Jesus was not accepted by the Jewish people as prophecy said he would not be. Right? Mm -hmm. He was the he was the stone rejected by the builders, uh, as uh, amongst many other verses. Right? Yes. But. John the Baptist was John the Baptist was accepted as a prophet by most of the Jewish people. Mm -hmm. And John told them Jesus was the Christ. Yes, um, there was some coming greater than I. And they and and when he baptized Jesus, he said, This is uh him who I've spoken of, and they still didn't believe him. Mm -hmm. So I think it's yeah, interesting think, to think about. Yeah, I think it's also interesting. Um, in the Old Testament, when they're, when they're calling him the king of the Jews, people are thinking like king as in like physical leader leading us into battle and not a, a spiritual king. I, I always wonder why that is. But Well, and I, I think there I think, you know, we, since we're on this topic and this is hopefully for those of you listening to Mike and I's biblical discussion, this is entertaining and interesting, but also more importantly, hopefully it, at a minimum get you to go back and read, read the word yourself and, and think and ponder on it. Because I think that's the, really our goal out of today's podcast. We spend a lot of time talking politics and talking things, but more than anything today is a day we, we hope that you can reflect on, on Christ and on God. Um, but you know, it's, it's interesting you bring that up, Mike, because, you know, I think there's, that is still, why, why I think the, the Jewish people and the Jewish religion doesn't believe that Christ was, was the Messiah because there, I think what, what Christians look to as what Christ will return as in the second coming where he is the King and he is ruling um, is how they expected their, they expected to look, they're still under, they're under Roman rule during the time of Jesus. They're um, you know, they're the, the country is splintered. Absolutely. They're persecuted. Their country is splintered. Israel and Judah haven't been united since, since Solomon, which is hundreds of years prior to this. Um, and I think they saw the Messiah in their prophecies that they fully believe is coming as this man is going to be a king. He's going to rule and he's going to end the persecution of the Jews. He's going to exalt us among a, a higher than everyone else because we are God's chosen people. They thought they would rise back to the power they had under David. And mm -hmm. because Jesus came to them in a different way, um, I think that I, that that's, that is 
the core of the rejection is because I do, they, they're looking for that military leader, that, that great, powerful king. And that's not the way Jesus came. Yeah. So then to jump to Revelation, do you think that the, the, the Jewish people, that, that the Jews that they acknowledge, oh, I'm trying to think of a way to say this, the person that Jews will acknowledge as the Christ is what Christians will view as the Antichrist? Uh, I do believe that for a couple of reasons. Um, number one is for the Antichrist to truly rise to power to the point that brings about uh, the second coming. He's going to have to be a world leader on that scale. And that means the Jewish people and and the Jewish people. And if you go back to not only Revelation, but to Daniel, um, the recognition point uh, that Daniel that Daniel is uh, that we are told in the book of Daniel to watch out for is when the abomination of desolation is put upon the, the altar. And that could be many different things. But um, biblical historians essentially believe he's, you know, the, the, he's going to deify himself as God. And and, and the Jews didn't didn't accept God when he was truly here. And that's the mm -hmm. point where the Jewish nation turns against the Antichrist. If you look at prophecy and in my, in my interpretation of prophecy, that's the point when they turn against them because event, because it shifts and the, and the Antichrist will try and wipe out the nation of Israel again. And that's why Jesus comes back, right. Um, to fight, to defend his people, to, to fight for his people. And so for that to happen, I believe they are going to initially follow him. And then when the abomin abomination of desolation is set up on the altar is when they'll do a 180 and say uh, they, they didn't accept the real God. And so I don't think, think, think they'll accept the false God. Mm -hmm. Okay. So and then just to make this political, um, most uh, Jewish people vote Democrat. So uh, if the Antichrist is from America, he will most likely be Democrat. That's all. <laughs> we're, we're, we're political podcast. I had to throw it in there somewhere. Fair enough. That, Therefore, yeah, Trump true. cannot be the Antichrist because all the J Jewish people hate him, except for Ben Shapiro. I think there we could get into. Maybe we'll save that for a different podcast. But we could get into a lot of different, you know, Antichrist theories about who the Antichrist is and, and how everyone uh, always assumes it's it's X, Y, and Z. I have some fairly. Sp specific theories about today's world about the uh the end times um that maybe i'll save for for post podcast i'll share with you because some of some you've heard some have newly developed in my mind um because cool. i i can i find myself continually reflecting on uh revelation is probably the most interesting book in the bible just from a intellectual perspective um but it's also one that uh is you know it's it's a cautionary it's it's a cautionary book right of this is what will happen. Um, so it's one that I find myself constantly reflecting back on. We've done our own Bible study on it. Um, mm -hmm. I've studied that, it with that was other the first people. One, right? The first one or the second one? The first one that was, was, that was, a, that, was uh, that was the second because we kicked off with Job and then we jumped Job into was first. Okay. Uh, Revelation. Um, so, you know, I, I find myself reflecting on it a lot. And it, it is interesting uh, that you that you bring up, you know, will, will the Jews accept the antichrist? Cause I think there's, I, there are a lot of people who believe um, for that reason, the antichrist almost will have to be a Jew for them to accept him as a leader. But that's a, that's a separate 
conversation we could get into at a different time. Okay. Unless you want to talk about it now, and then we can talk about it now. <laughs> this, is, this is the Christmas special. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll keep so, the light and fun. Yeah. So one other thing I just wanted to highlight, and I read this a moment ago, but I wanted to actually um, talk about it for everyone, because I think this is something that, you know, we as Christians all know and accept this, that um, Christ is not just the savior for the Jews. He's the savior for the Gentiles as well. Mm-hmm. Um you know, that's, that's the foundation of the Christian religion, because otherwise uh, it would be, we would essentially believe we couldn't be saved. Right. Um, You're a Gentile. Like I'm a Gentile. Um, You don't know, but we are both what (laughs) you don't know my life. (laughs) I'm fairly certain. Yes, you're correct. I'm not Jewish, (laughs) Uh, but you know, but we both believe fully that we've uh, we've been saved by the blood of Christ. Um, it's this is prophesied in Isaiah. Um, obviously, Paul is shown in a vision um, shortly after he becomes an apostle um, to go and to go and witness to the Gentiles. But there's also something that I, I think is interesting, just in a verse of what we read in the in the Nativity. Um, and let me find the exact verse. It's Luke, Luke uh, chapter two, verse 10. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. And then it goes on um, for the day for today in the city of David, there's been born for you a savior who is Christ the Lord. But he doesn't say like the you can you can infer that he's talking about all the Jewish people because this is the Jewish savior. But that is not what the angel says. And I believe that's very specifically not what the angel says for a very specific reason. God did not send Christ to only save the Jews. The the Jewish people are God's chosen people, but they were they were given a task. They were meant to witness for God and and, and show and show the world God's glory. And they failed in that task. Um, mm-hmm. And that's so I, I just I think that's an important verse and one that stuck out to me as I was reading it um, earlier. Yeah, yeah, that is a nice verse. You you can you can see the um, the continuity throughout the Bible, and it's just nice that kind of like I'll say it wherever you pick, but even when you're reading the Bible and you're focused on some topic, something else like kind of pops up as you're reading through it. And that's one of the the great things about the Bible is that. No matter how many times you read a verse or a chapter, there's something. There's always something new. Like so, Jeff and I, with one of our friends, were uh, going through Proverbs, and like sometimes one verse will take us twenty or thirty minutes to get through. And it's because we, all three of us have read it, and we all see different perspectives on how they could be interpreted. And that's you know, three guys that are. Um, around the same age, both engineer, all engineers, like we have a similar like mindset, you know, same, same generation, same career, stuff like that. Yeah. We all have different enough perspectives that we can see something unique from um, just one verse. And there are a lot of verses in the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and, and, and to that point, I mean, it's, we see different interpretation, but it also, I think even, I've read the chapter and verses I read today many times in my life. I know you have as well. And that verse has never stuck out to me as strongly as it did today. 
And there, there could be a million reasons for why that stuck out to me, why the spirit had me really focus on that. But just like when we all see three different perspectives talking about Proverbs, um, the verses I've read in the past have a different meaning for me at different times uh, in my yeah. life. And it's, I think it's important as we think about the word that it is to really understand that it is, it is the living word that while the words do not change, your understanding, your depth of knowledge of them and you, your wisdom that you gain from them will be different as you deepen that relationship with God. So um, neither Mike nor I as a pastor, and this is definitely, we're, we're, we're probably stepping out of our depth, but this was something that was important to myself. And, and I don't want to speak for Mike, but I believe for him as well, that we shared mm -hmm. on Christmas because we spend a lot of our time on very secular things. Um, but we would be remiss to gloss over the very real intention and, and importance of Christmas um, just for the secular pieces of it. Because don't get me wrong, I love the secular aspects of Christmas. I'm a very big, we've been talking about Christmas movies for the whole month. I'm really a very big Christmas tradition guy. We'll get into that later. Um, but that's not the meaning of Christmas. And, and we, we would be remiss not to, not to spend some time on this. So I hope that you're still listening. I hope that you're still with us. And I hope that you enjoyed our, our reading uh, today and, and our little bit of discussion on it. If you have any thoughts, comments, questions, things you'd like to discuss, or you'd like to hear us do more of this or less, uh, let us know. Shoot us a, a DM on Instagram or Twitter at MJWritingWrite or message us on uh, email at mikeandjeff at gmail.com. We, we are genuinely interested to hear your perspectives on not only what we shared today, but what we share every week. But um, yeah, please let us know what you thought of, of today because if this is something that people like, Mike and I enjoy this type of discussion. We can do a lot more on it. Um, mm -hmm. We do this, as Mike mentioned, on our own time. We have a, a couple Bible studies that we attend together uh, regularly. Um, and, and so I'm happy to talk more about that if it's something that our audience is interested in. Uh, similarly, if this was something that you think we had good intentions, but we missed the mark and we needed to do it differently, let us know. We'd like to hear that. Um, but let's shift gears a little bit. We're going to stay on the yeah. focus of Christmas, um, but we're going to we're going to move away from the kind of the biblical study. And we're going to talk about um, some you know Christmas traditions, myths, things like that. And Mike, uh, I'll let you take it away. Fantastic. So I think probably... 99% of the world believes that Christmas is on the 25th because of the winter solstice or some other pagan holiday. And to that point, it makes sense because, you know, when I was doing, um, I, I knew it wasn't, I was doing some research. Um, so I looked into history.com. So I thought, you know, that would be a good source to start with. Um, and what they talk about as I'm going through this is they mentioned in Scandinavia that the Norse celebrated Yule from December 21st, the winter solstice through January, in recognition of the sun, return of the sun, fathers and sons who would bring home large logs, blah, blah, blah. And they would celebrate for 12 days. It talks about St. Ernalia um, in Rome and honoring the, the god of agriculture. Um, that was done. Um, beginning the week of the winter solstice and continuing for a month. And it was a very hedonistic time with food and drink were plentiful and normal Roman social order was turned upside down. And you know that, and um, there's others say um, about the 
uh, birthday of Mithra, the god of unconquerable sun, on December 25th. Um, it was believed that Mithra, an infant an infant god, was born of a rock. Um, for some Romans, Mithra's birthday was the most sacred day of the year. What I noticed reading through this article is that it brings up December 21st or December 25th a lot, but it doesn't actually point out the year. And that's kind of the most important thing to see if I'm copying you or if you're copying me, right? You need to know who was first. So getting a little bit more deeper into this, um, we, we go and look at um, Hanukkah, right? Because the first Christians were Jewish converts. And with Hanukkah, Hanukkah starts on Kislev 25. Um, that's the, the Jewish calendar, but in the um, uh, what Georgian calendar, it's in December, sometime in December. It, it shifts around. It's the Gregorian calendar, just to give you a... Gregorian, thank you. So sometimes it could be right on December 25th, sometimes it's like uh, December 10th, but it, it shifts around and, and it's in December. And that's important to note because, like I said, the early Christians were Jewish converts. And those Jewish converts are going to kind of carry on their traditions as they merge it into Christianity. So with those Jews that were now Christians, well, part of the first thing that's going to happen is they're going to be rejected from their synagogue, um, disconnected from it. So that now you have the Jews who are still Jews and the Jews who are Christians um, kind of intermingling with the, the Gentiles. So as you're doing that, and you, they lose connection, um, say, to the Jewish calendar, they're going to kind of naturally adopt the uh, Roman or Gregorian calendar and just keep that 25th date. So instead of kids left 25, it becomes December 25th. So that's, that's one way that we can see that um, Christianity is rooted in Jewish tradition, not in the other pagan traditions. Um, another thing to point out is that the Jews believe Nisan 14 is when the, the world started. And that and Nisan 14 uh, connects with March 25th. So Nisan 14 is also the day that they believe um, Jesus was conceived on. Or, yeah, when the Immaculate Conception happened. And if you go um, nine months from March 25th, you get to December 25th. And I know people are going to say, well, it's actually 40 weeks. Um, I just counted um, 40 weeks from December 25th would be like December 28th. So it's, it's, it's pretty close. And also considering the fact that they didn't know about 40 weeks back then, I, th I think they did a pretty good job. So maybe... Maybe Jesus wasn't born on the 25th. Maybe it was the 28th, but it's it's in that range. Um, and the reason that I guess this is brought up or that is pointed out because there's a, a pope. Um, I'm trying to remember his name. I may have to look it back up again. Uh, da, 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 da. Sorry, it was a Syrian Orthodox bishop. Um, he said... It was a custom of the pagans to celebrate on the same 25th December, the birthday of the sun. I wish they kindle lights in token of festivity and these soul uh, mites and revel revelries. The Christians also took part accordingly. 
from the doctors of the church perceived that the Christians had a leaning to the cesspool. They took counsel and resolved that the two nativity should be solemnized on that day. So this is what they, this is what the, I guess, pulling from to say that it's a, it's a pagan holiday. But what it this actually is, is explaining why the Western Christians are, are just pointing out that Western Christians celebrate on the 25th and that the Eastern Christians celebrate on January 7th. It wasn't to say that uh, Christianity is pagan born, is that some Christians do it on this day and some Christians do it on, on the other day. That's the only thing that is, is supposed to represent. Um, and then, sorry, one more, more thing, kind of going back to Hanukkah. Um, for Hanukkah is no uh, the eight days from December twenty fifth. Eight days after that is what, Jeff? Eight days after, yeah, no, Christmas. eight days after, eight days after Hanukkah is Christmas, yeah. No, eight days after Christmas. Eight days after Christmas would be January the. Was that the January the second? Um, yes, January second. Uh, it's a pif. Oh, but it's Epiphany. Mm -hmm. So, eight days later is also the start of the new year. So it's like the it's, it's a also a connection between that as well. That's all. Yeah, it's all, and that also connects to. I think that might be the date of Epiphany. I'm, Epiphany is not a holiday I typically celebrate, but um, what's the date of Epiphany? Uh, it is well th it's the this sixth. year yeah yeah six so it's close close enough well that coincides um, with your january 7th date as well because epiphany moves because it's yes, based it on the jewish it's based on the jewish calendar which as mike mentioned previously is the jewish calendar is um everything is even months, unlike the Gregorian calendar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, is it three hundred and fifty days? You know, the, you know the length. Uh, I want to say it's three hundred. It might actually just be three hundred days. Uh, let me check. Yeah, but it's fine. While, while Jeff is checking that, I'm not a Jewish um, scholar, so that's not something I know off the top of my head. While Jeff, do better. But so, and then the kind of. My first point about the, the dates, about who's copying who. So Sol Invictus um, was established um, December 25th, 274 AD by the Roman Emperor Aurelian. Okay, so 274. Whereas the fact that, or the belief that Jesus was born on March 25th is around 100 years before that. So we have one Christian historian, Sextus Julius Africanus, who lived between AD 160 and 240. So he believed that um, it was March 25th, was the day that the world was created on and the day that um, Jesus was conceived on. Um, there's also a, um, a Saint Irenaeus, I-R-E-N-A-E-U-S, who lived between 130 and 202 AD. Who also believe that the conception of Jesus Christ occurred on March 25th. So this it predates the 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 soul soul Invictus by 
a decent amount. Um, anything else you wanted there's, to point there's out? There's another to? concept. There, uh, I'll, I'll just add another concept that um, that is out there for for the the date of the conception as well. There's a concept of something called uh, integral age um, that, and I can't state whether this was widely believed amongst Jewish scholars at the time of Christ's or the time of the early church or not. Um, but this concept that uh, Jewish prophets died on the same day they were conceived um, and March 25th falls right around the time of Passover, um, which is uh, right around, you know, Christ died or, you know, Christ was crucified uh, right over uh, right around Passover. Obviously, that's what the Last Supper was, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which would explain why they would assume his conception would be that time, um, which would then get you to December 25th. So again, I can't state whether that was a massively believed uh, concept, but it was a concept that was believed by some um, as they were trying to date back to when Christ was, con- uh, when the conception was. So there are a few different ways you could get around that date, but the the prevailing opinion at the time was that that was the, the date of the conception, which would lead you to the date of the birth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm looking right now. Um, it says the holiday of Passover falls on the Hebrew calendar dates of Nisan 15 through the 22nd. So yeah, ar- around that same time. So I said Nisan 14 earlier. Yep. So there's there's a few different Jewish traditions. That's that's the point of this. We wanted to point out there's a lot of Jewish traditions that point to December 25th um, that would supersede the the pagan traditions. And the current Jewish calendar is 354 days, give or take. Um, It's like six 29 day months and six 30 day months. It looks like, but um, I don't know if that's changed at any point in history or not. Again, I'll have to do some more um looking but anyway mm-hmm. so yeah so i hope everyone found that inform- information um hopefully it was new um which i think it will be for a lot of people and hopefully it was interesting yeah i i know you thought i wasn't listening i was uh, i was trying to find some of the information that you asked for but <clears throat> i found it interesting like because I, I think that's probably the number one thing you hear from. You even hear it from other Christians sometimes is that, well, Christmas has been, it just was a pagan holiday that Christians co- co-opted and, and all that. And while there are certain things about Christmas that has been co-opted, it's largely been co-opted by non-Christians to make the holiday more secular uh, rather than Christians taking secular or pagan beliefs and making them Christian. Uh, that hasn't been what, and then the same thing is, uh, brought up about Easter, uh, many of the many of the uh, symbolisms and, and traditions we have around Easter are brought up for that reason as well. But we'll save that for our Easter special. Um, so, Mike, I appreciate you getting into that. Mm-hmm. So now I, I have a question for you, Jeff. Even if the I actually had a discussion with the, with uh, one of my friends last night. Even if Christianity's origins of the date is in uh, pagan. Does that matter if you, if you don't consider that valuable? Because I was I was bringing up the point that, um, like for instance, yoga, yoga is actually like doing praises to uh, different Hindu gods, if I remember correctly. But most people see it as just a way to stretch. 
so like uh, my question is like where does the how much of the origins or traditions matter versus how much do you actually um perceive it as because to your point a lot of christians or a lot of people see christmas as just a time to get presents and they don't care about the birth of christ at all so are they actually celebrating christmas or are they celebrating a time of good discounts to get to uh, get gifts for everyone i think that's a, that's an interesting question right like i think if you if you're not celebrating like you can call it christmas and you can put up a tree and you can do all like but if it doesn't have any meaning to you religiously then it's no different to me it, it's no different than celebrating thanksgiving or any other secular holiday in my opinion um because it's it, it'd be like celebrating easter and saying well all i care about is giving my kid a chocolate bunny and letting him hunt eggs and there are people who do that a lot of them easter is a widely celebrated holiday by non-christians um and and look People are free to celebrate whatever they want to celebrate. That's not the meaning of the holiday or the meaning of the season, as people would put it. Um, so, no, I don't think you're celebrating, quote, unquote, Christmas or, quote, unquote, Easter if you're celebrating without understanding the meaning of Christmas. That said, I don't begrudge anyone their ability to celebrate Christmas. And if Christmas allows you to be a little bit more kind to your fellow man and to spend time with your family, mm-hmm. then at least there's some value in it. But that isn't the meaning of the holiday. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to mince words and pretend that it is to, to placate people who um, might be offended by that. It's just the reality is that's not what Christmas actually is. Just like that's not what Easter actually is. I do secular things at Christmas and we're going to talk about some fun secular Christmas traditions uh, in a little bit, because there are fun things about Christmas that don't have to be rooted in, uh, in faith. And that's okay. But that doesn't change what the meaning of the holiday is. And Easter, even if I have my kid look for eggs or I give him an Easter basket, that doesn't change the fact that Easter is celebrating the resurrection of Christ. And so you can you can do those other things. I don't begrudge anyone the ability to do that. But I think that to pretend that you know that Christmas isn't what it is is a problem. And that's one of the things. One of the myths I wanted to bring up is that liberals will push the myth that uh, they're pushing the myth that the war on Christmas is a myth. Uh, if you go and look in, in Google, um, I would suggest using DuckDuckGo, actually. You'll get better results. But Google or DuckDuckGo debunking Christmas myths. And I'm, I'm suggesting this not just to Mike, but to anyone listening. And you will find article after article after article talking about all the Christian myths of Christmas. Um, now, Mike and I did some research to try and debunk the myths trying to take Christmas away from Christians. But we put a lot of research into that and, and uh, provided actual historical evidence. They, on the other hand, will spend a lot of time writing articles about why Christmas is, um, you know, not Christian or, you know, how Christians stole Christmas or that the war on Christmas isn't happening. And by the way, um, the, the war on Christmas, definitely a thing. Because the idea of taking a, a very clearly religious holiday and making it not religious is, by definition, going to war on that holiday. Because, if Mike, if we made Ramadan not a Muslim holiday, do you think the Muslim people would be okay with that? Oh, no, not at all. 
Like if, if we said that's not an Islamic day anymore, now that's a, just a day for everybody. They wouldn't be okay with it. But that's what we do with Christmas regularly. And again, I'm not begrudging anyone's ability to celebrate a holiday. Heck, if you want to go celebrate Ramadan next year and not be a, not be a Muslim, go for it. Uh, I don't care what you do with your time. But don't tell me that Christian Christmas isn't about Christ because it is. Uh, don't tell me that it's more than that. It's bigger than that because it's not. There's nothing bigger than that. There is no thing that is bigger than God. And by taking that out, yeah, the war on Christmas is a real thing. The fact that saying Merry Christmas can be considered offensive to people is not only a war on Christmas, it's a war on language. Very uh, true. So, yeah, that, I, I that do thing, think that always irritated me so much. Like if, if I said, oh, I refuse, Christmas. I just say Merry Christmas. I don't care if I offend yeah. people. Like if I say Merry Christmas to you and then someone says Happy Hanukkah to me, it's like, how dare you? I'm not doing that. It's like, oh, you're giving me a, a nice gesture. You're being kind to me. Yeah. And I'll, you're like, you're tell, wishing me a happy time and whatever whatever your faith and like I don't have a problem with it. You could tell me happy Kwanzaa. I don't I don't think I've ever heard someone say those words in my entire life to be totally honest with you. I I have never met a person in my life who celebrates or knows what Kwanzaa is. That's what we're talking about. Not about without Kwanzaa. having to do research. Let me rephrase. I've met people who know what it is because they've researched it be, to try and be the person who knows what Kwanzaa is. But Kwanzaa, Mike, is a traditionally black holiday, right? Mike, do you or have you in your lifetime ever celebrated Kwanzaa? No. And nor have most nor have most black Americans. By the way, by and large, black Americans, if you look at them religiously, skew mostly Christian. Second behind that would be Muslim. And, and mm -hmm. way down on the bottom of the list would be anybody who celebrates Kwanzaa. So, but if somebody tells me happy Kwanzaa, that's fine. I'm not offended by it. You can tell me whatever you, and, and if you're offended by me telling you to have a good day, which is essentially all I'm saying with Merry Christmas, then too bad. How, I don't care. How dare you, Jeff? How dare you? You disgust me. Yeah. I mean, Kwanzaa started in like the sixties. Like it's, it's not, it's not old enough for my family to care about it. Yeah. I uh, <laughs> I think of the uh, the Christmas episode of Futurama, like there's like the Kwanzaa bot going around handing out books called <laughs> "What the Hell Is Kwanzaa?" <laughs> I forgot about that, but that, yes, that's so that's my. But like you're right, if so, if you say Merry Christmas and somebody says Happy Hanukkah back, you don't immediately go fall into a puddle of tears. You just move on. So the myth that. The myth that liberals are trying to push that the war on Christmas is a myth. Sorry, but it is a real thing. And mm -hmm. Mike, to back to your original question, um, are you celebrating Christmas if you don't know the meaning of Christmas? You're celebrating something that happens around Christmas and you're calling it Christmas. That is not the same thing as celebrating Christmas in my mind. Mm -hmm. And again, that doesn't mean that every single moment of your Christmas needs to be dedicated to celebrating religiously. Um, Props to you if it if it is. That's not a bad thing. Um, but I'm very I mean, like, impressive. But, but I'm looking forward to Christmas morning, having family over, opening presents. My tree has got a bunch of presents under it. Um, you know, my kid's gonna get a stocking full of candy and stuff. Like that's all fine, and, and I don't have a problem with that. But there is a difference because uh, mm -hmm. my son will also know what Christmas is really about. Right. Maybe not this year because I don't think he comprehends it, but he will know growing up. <laughs> yeah, it's. It's interesting. I've heard that argument a lot, and I've also seen a lot of Christians kind of going the other way. Um, 
said that they won't celebrate Halloween because of all the goblins and ghouls and all that type of stuff. But then they'll do like a trunk or treat in the church parking lot. It's like you're just you're doing Halloween. You're just calling it something different. It's like just yep. do Halloween and tell your kid like this is this holiday is for you to have candy. It's not about the, the demons and the harvest and all that other stuff. That's what my parents did. It's like, yeah, go out, go get you $40 worth of free candy, and then I'm going to take half of it as a parent tax. That's what the Halloween right? And and far be it for me or for Mike to tell anyone what they should or shouldn't do. Because that's not what we represent both as a political or a religious political podcast or as religious people. I don't, I'm not going to tell you what to do or how to lead your life. Uh, that's, I believe in conservatism. I believe you should do what you want. So if you don't want to sell, if you believe that wait, celebrating wait. Halloween is wrong, then don't celebrate it, but don't tell me my kid can't. So the one thing I will tell people to do is to leave me alone. That's the one rule. You leave me alone and I will leave you alone. Everything else you can feel free to do. Yeah. This is, a, I, I'll agree with, I'll agree with that rule. You leave me alone. I'll leave you alone. But seriously, if you think that if you think having a Christmas tree in your house is too, and I've had I have Christian friends and even family members that don't like Christmas trees because they believe it's too close to to paganism, and I don't agree with that. I don't believe I don't believe that that's true. And Mike cited a number of reasons why that theory is wrong. But also, if you believe it's wrong, don't do it. There's nothing wrong with saying I, that's not how I'm going to celebrate Christmas in my house. Um, I had a. a person uh in my life a, fa a distant family member growing up that his kids weren't allowed like he didn't put santa things in his house and they weren't allowed to do any of that because he thought that took away from the meaning of christmas and focusing on christ and mm -hmm. i don't agree with that i have lots of christmas decorations up i love like i didn't grow up believing in santa claus um it wasn't something my parent like i never believed in santa and i won't have my kid believe in santa but at the same time I love Santa. One of my favorite Christmas things is Santa Claus is coming to town. The little puppet movie. I love Santa mm -hmm. Claus. I don't think it detracts from my Christmas, but if you believe that it does, then you do you. Yeah. Very true. It's, that's interesting. Um, Cause this reminds me Trump was uh, speaking at a convention earlier this week and uh, I can't remember who it was who was interviewing, but they asked if he had gotten a booster shot, and he said, "Yeah." And people started booing him, and like, there's a bunch of things popping about he's part now part of the system and all this stuff. It's like, guys, he's one. You shouldn't, as a conservative, if that's what you really are, you really shouldn't care that someone is getting vaccines or boosters. And two, the guy is 78, so it's like, all right, even if there are long-term effects. I'm saying if, because this has been not a long enough time to say if there are or not. He's like 78. He's at the the age of uh, average age of life expectancy in America. It's like it's like uh, I'm not really concerned about what this may do to me in 30 years, or if this messes up my sperm count or whatever, or whatever the the stuff is going around right now. Because I'm 78, I'd rather live another winter with my grandkids or whatever, or my, my kids, and instead of worrying about those ramifications and some people who are 80 years like, I'm, I may die tomorrow. I'm not putting this in my body. I don't care what it is, but yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Um, 
the Daily Wire had like showed the video and like all the comments were like, how could Trump do this? I can't vote for him. I was so excited for him, for him to run in 2024. And now I can't do it. It's like, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you because I, I, we're, we're off Christmas, but that's OK. Um, this is at its core political cast, right? I, I agree with you because, look, I've been very clear about my opinion on the vaccine. And that's the opinion is not really going to change um, unless scientific data that's real data, not just Fauci telling me things, um, actually presents me with something that makes it change. But if people have forgotten that Trump was the person pushing the vaccine and that it was developed under Trump, then you're just being ignorant. Um, now I said when Trump, before Trump lost the election, that I wouldn't get the vaccine, no matter who was president, because I did not see a need for it. And I still don't. And yeah. oh, by the way, uh, all the data out of South Africa um, and growing data out of Europe as well, more people that are vaccinated are getting Omicron than people that are unvaccinated it, by like four and a half times in South Africa right now are fully vaccinated people with boosters getting people with uh, with boosters all are four and a half times more likely to have Omicron in South Africa right now. And people with just double vaxxed are two and a half times more likely. So. I still don't see a reason for it. However, I agree with both things Mike said. Number one, it's none of my business. I don't care what Trump puts in his, I don't care if Trump shoots heroin. Doesn't affect me. Mm -hmm. Just leave me alone. Oh, well, but, you can't do it as president. Not as president, you can't do heroin. But the day you leave, knock yourself out. I don't care if he does, I, mean, like, I agree. I don't want him doing it as president, but like my point is, I don't care what people are like. If you want to put, if you want to take the shot, take the shot. I have family members that have it. I have family members that have it. And I, and I have no problem with that. It's none of my business because I believe in liberty and you can't believe in liberty only when it goes in line with you. It's the same as free speech agreeing only with the people you agree with. Like mm -hmm. that's not what freedom is. Freedom is the people, uh, ability of people to make decisions that you may or may not think are stupid. Right. And I like free speech. The purpose of free speech is so that you can have debates. So obviously you're not going to agree with someone. And if, if you weren't saying anything useful or controversial then you want to need freedom um, freedom of speech yeah, if like, you, you don't agree need... with the majority all the time then you don't need freedom of speech that's yeah. not what it's you for. don't need yeah you don't need freedom of speech to say the last spider-man movie was great that's not what freedom of speech is for or the, the last is... matrix movie was garbage yeah i haven't seen it yet i'll, I'll watch it then we can talk about that next i, I have to i have to um you're gonna regret but it but like eh. don't pay for it that's all i can tell you go watch it on hbo Okay, I'll, I'll probably do that. The but freedom of speech is so like some crazy super Marvel fan uh, can write like a, a ten page rant about why this Spider Man movie was the worst movie of all time. That's what this freedom of speech is for. It's not to go yes, ten out of ten, fantastic. It's like I hate this movie, and here are my top forty five reasons. <laughs> I would read that article. I actually like the movie, but I would read that article. I would do because I like 45. This, this has to be great in detail. You, you maybe there's stuff I missed about why it's bad. I want you to tell me. <laughs> like, maybe you'll change my mind. But regardless, like, so yeah, number one, I agree with you. It's none of my business what Trump did. But number two, I genuinely don't understand Trump supporters that don't remember that Trump was the one pushing the vaccine in the first place. Yes. Trump got the vaccine made. If you fail to remember that, then you're, an, then you're choosing to either be willfully ignorant or you're stupid. Because 
9, 10, 11, 12 months ago, the Trump supporters were the ones saying that Trump was going to end the pandemic. And and, and I, I look, I voted, I voted for Donald Trump. I voted for Donald Trump in 2016 and 2020, and I'm not afraid to say that. But you know what? Even when all of this was going on, I, every single person who knew me heard me say Donald Trump has botched this COVID thing. A million different times I said it about a million different things he did. Number one being pushing the well, actually not number one. Number one being locking down the country. Number two being pushing the vaccine. Because mm-hmm. we could all see where this was ultimately going, and so I'm all I'm, I'm fine with Trump supporters now saying the vaccine is bad. But you cannot then look at Trump and be like, "Well, this man is. Well, how could he betray us by getting the vaccine? He's the one who started it." Right. That's how could Tom Brady betray us by going to back to New England? Like. That it's it's equally that would be a equally stupid thing to say. Yeah, LeBron left Miami to go to Cleveland. How dare he? This it just disgusts me. It would be less. Uh, frankly, it would actually be less surprising now if LeBron left the U.S. to go to China. Yeah. All right. Get that. Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, I was gonna say. So let's just bring it back to Christmas for a minute. Let's let's wrap things up with. Christmas traditions. And this can go anywhere we want, Mike. And just to wrap up our Christmas special, this cool. will be our pseudo nerd topic of the week. And then we'll come back next week with a review of Far From Home, The King's Man, and Matrix Re- uh, Resurrections. Yes. I've I seen am- two of the three. I haven't seen The King's Man yet, but I will see it. I'm going to see it this weekend. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to watch Spider Man again today with my dad. And I'll probably watch Matrix anytime. I'm all, I'm all for until the second so yeah i watched the matrix last night and i genuinely hated it and i wanted so badly to like it oh this is gonna be fun so i think i'm gonna say i like it no matter what uh then then you'll be admitting to everyone who listens to this podcast that you have terrible taste there is virtually no one i've talked to that likes this movie well everyone you talked to was wrong it's it's just it's so you'll see you'll see spider-man though was genuinely great i expected very little because I thought it would not live up to the hype, and I think it actually exceeded the hype, in my opinion. It was I agree. Really, really, I agree. It was genuinely good. And the King's yeah, Man, we'll I'm not expecting a lot, but I'm going to check it out anyway. Anyway, so Christmas traditions. Mike, Yes. what so is your Christmas favorite tradition. Christmas tradition? Secular or religious? Mm, my favorite. That's this can be personal or, you know, worldwide, too. Yeah. So... We're not doing this now, but like for the, the longest time, all of my um, family on, on my mom's side would all come over because we, we, we always have like gifts for each other. So like mm-hmm. we would have our own small family Christmas in the morning and then around two or three o'clock, everyone would come over and we would all like exchange our, our gifts and there would be like food there and mostly me just cranking out desserts. It was just like a nice a nice thing to hang out with because it's like we had thanksgiving which was like the huge meal you I think really Christmas are your family's like, baking hell yeah pretty much that's why i'm so good at it because i have to cook for 20 30 people several times a year you could just say it's that. not my fault it's not my fault i'm so much greater than everyone else in my family and i'm saying <laughs> that knowing that my family watches this and listens to this so well i'm sure i'll be having a conversation with a few of them next week 
So, uh, any traditions you're planning on starting? You have a new, you have a uh, new addition to your family. You're newly married this year with a daughter this year. Lots, lots happened in Mike Taylor's life this year. Any new traditions you're planning on starting as your little one grows? So, actually, last year, um, we kind of shifted it so that on Christmas Eve, I was at Ariel's parents, um, and we, uh, I baked. And then uh, I made like hot chocolate and we, yeah, we watched, uh, I can't remember what, what Christmas movie we watched. We watched a Christmas movie and then Christmas morning, um, we all opened like one gift and then we went to my parents. So we're, we're going to do something similar to that. Um, for Emmy, I think we're, we're definitely going to get like a, a different Christmas ornament every year for her. Um, oh, I think cool. my... Yeah, I think my wife's going to make like, um, like kind of like a photo book as a Christmas gift every year for of just pictures of Emmy for the parents. Um, I think when she's older, we're going to go to like a, a this Christmas store called Bronner's, which is yeah, Christmas, has Christmas 364 days out of the year. So we'll probably make that a tradition of going up there and then getting like a, a Belgian pretzel. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else we, we may do. Probably, probably start gingerbread houses when she's a little bit older. Uh, cool. Yeah, that's only that's all I can think of. What about you? What what, what right, tradition so, did you start when you became a father? Um, so I haven't started any really any traditions yet because, and you'll see this as as Emmy is almost exactly a year younger than my son, so you'll see it by next Christmas, like this Christmas. It's neat, but she doesn't really care. She doesn't know what's going on. She won't care. Uh, it's cool. It's more cool for you and for, for your wife than it is for your, your kid. Um, and I, I say that from my own perspective. Um, this year, yeah, a little bit more fun. Uh, my nephew is, is too. So I, I've seen it as well. Yeah. So yeah, like this year is a little more fun because JT's starting to get into it, but he still doesn't like conceptually. He's not, he's not at the age where he's like excited, like can't wait to open presents because he doesn't really know that it's going to be anything for him. Um, mm -hmm. Next year, I think is going to be when it really starts to ramp up. And by next year, I'll have my other uh, a second son as well. Um, and so traditions I'm going to start, um, I, I guess I'll answer my own questions first. So my, my own tradition going back, um, my family always watched my mom's, I don't know if it's her favorite Christmas movie it was once she made us all watch. So I assume um, a Christmas story, um, Red Rider BB gun. Um, mm -hmm. So every Christmas Eve, uh, my family watch that. Uh, every Christmas Eve, my family watched that, so I can like recite that movie <laughs> by heart. <laughs> um, actually, going to watch it at my parents' house tomorrow with them. Um, and then, uh, for me, a big tradition was when I was a little kid. Um, I I was the type of kid that like could not sleep Christmas Eve. I was that excited for. I love Christmas. Even now, like mm -hmm. I I can't wait until my son is older because I won't be able to sleep just waiting on getting up with him. Um, and so when I was a kid, I was allowed to get my parents and my brothers up for Christmas, but not until 6am. And so like, and it's basically as soon as I was able to get up, like, um, when I had a clock of my own, then fine. But before that, even my mom would like, give me an alarm clock and I could have it in there. And once that went off, I was allowed to wake everybody up in the house. Um, and, well, and your parents are nice. but my, parents my dad, my dad did not like it. My mom did the same thing growing up with her family. Um, and so uh, okay. it was a tradition she carried for, and, and my brothers didn't care much about it. Like they got up, but they would have slept if I hadn't gotten them up. Yeah. Um, 
but I, it, to me, it was like, it was my, like I did it and I did this far later in life than people probably think I, I did this as an adult. Um, <laughs> like I would still be getting people up at 6am if we weren't coming from multiple houses, but as long as we were in one house, I was pretty much always like 6am it's Christmas time. Get up. Um, yeah, if you just start driving around at like five, you can, you can still get everyone up. <laughs> I trust me. If I thought that they would open the door, I'd probably do it. Uh, but no, that was more. to me. That was a really big. To me, that was a really big important tradition. Like I really enjoyed it because I would like. I was normally up by like three or four, and once I was old enough, I had a TV in my room. TNT runs a Christmas story on loop uh, mm -hmm. for like twenty four hours, so I would just stay up, watch that movie from like four to six, and basically as the movie's ending, I'm getting ready to get out of my room, like standing at my door waiting for the alarm to go off, and the minute it goes off, I'm running to my brother's room because my brothers lived across the hall um like they they shared a room i had my own because i was the oldest and i'd wake them up um and then when we got to a bigger house and they had their own i'd run and get them and the only rule my mom had was like because my parents would like set out stockings and stocking stuffers and stuff the night before after we went to bed and i wasn't allowed to walk out there until everybody was together um and but i didn't get like get everybody up and we'd walk out there and do christmas and really enjoyed it like that that to me is a tradition i'm really excited to pass down to my sons hopefully they get excited about it the way i did if they don't they don't um and then i'll sleep in but i've already like it's kind of a non-negotiable item with my wife <laughs> it's kind of a non-negotiable item with my wife that she doesn't want to get up that early or i was like look as soon as they're able to i want to do it was really it was the thing i remember probably the most about christmas is growing up so that's probably my favorite tradition that and a christmas story on christmas eve um as far as new traditions for my family, um, an, a relatively new tradition in my overall family is every year we do a Christmas or we do a gingerbread house competition and we mm -hmm. buy, um, we don't bother to bake the gingerbread and all that. Cause like, I don't like most of my family doesn't like gingerbread. Like I think only my brother and my dad do. I, I hate gingerbread. I think it's disgusting. Um, it's a terrible cookie. So we don't bake the, we just buy like the pre-made gingerbread kits and like, mm -hmm. so you have the same kit, and, but we decorate them all differently and like judge and have a trophy that changes hands and write who won on it. Um, like a little gingerbread man going like this. Uh, <laughs> um, and so we've been doing that now for, I think this will be the fifth year. That's really fun. Um, and the tradition I'm going to start with my sons, uh, aside from the 6am thing is, um, I'm going to probably make my kids every year watch A Christmas Carol because that's my favorite Christmas movie on Christmas Eve. Um, do like hot cocoa and stuff and uh, decorate Christmas cookies. So like bake Christmas cookies, have a bunch of icing and decorations and, and decorate them. But that'll just be my immediate family, my me, my wife, my kids. Um, and then Christmas Eve will be um, – the grandparents live here and uh, my wife's family is moving here as well. So both sets of grandparents will be in the area. Christmas Eve will be grandparents Christmas, basically go to their house, open up the presents there. And then Christmas morning is like my family. And then grandparents can come over throughout the day if they want. But um, my family will get up and open our gifts at like 6 a.m. So that's, yeah. that's how my Christmas will go. Yeah. So we're going to do um, my, my wife's uh, parents on Christmas Eve. We're going to do our own personal Christmas, Christmas morning, and then Christmas dinner with my parents. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Any traditions on Christmas dinner for you guys or no? Um, so it's changed a few times. So like when we were younger, it was almost like Thanksgiving part two. It was like the amount of food we had because yeah. of all the, all the people. 
Um, I think the only difference, yeah, it's actually just pretty much Thanksgiving part two. Um, and then a few years back, we started doing like Christmas brunch instead of Christmas dinner. So like um, my cousins, we all like cook for like our parents and like the family. So we'll get like a bunch okay. of like burners out and we'll crank out pa pancakes or, or homemade biscuits and, and gravy and we'll, we'll have that. Um, and then last year, yeah, last year because of COVID, we didn't get together. So we decided to just do like a like steak and salmon because we're not feeding 30 people. So Makes steak sense. and salmon, mashed potatoes. Yeah. So pretty, pretty. I'm I'm liking the uh, the steak. I'll say that. That's uh, always my preference over any of the foods that you get at Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Even when we do Thanksgiving at my house next year for my wife's uh, family and everything, uh, everybody else can have turkey. I'll be grilling myself a steak. <laughs> Don't like turkey. I think it sucks. Or I'll smoke a turkey. So I got um, for Christmas this year. My my family doesn't isn't like we don't have big traditional meals just not the way we celebrate but um mm -hmm. everybody's coming over to my house this year so i've got i'm gonna be smoking a brisket doing a bunch of sides up um, i'll be throwing the brisket on about midnight christmas eve <laughs> um so that we can do lunch um so it'll be done about noon um, so i'm gonna be up all night working on my brisket <laughs> do, you, do you have to be like with it with the trigger uh no i mean i can basically i'll let it smoke for like It'll probably smoke for about four to five hours. Um, then I'll pull it off, wrap it in foil. Um, I put some beef broth with mine. So it like kind of soaks it up and it stays juicy. Um, and then I'll put it back on the, the smoker for another four or five hours. Um, so I, I won't really be up like actively working on it, but okay. I'll be up, throw it on. Um, and then I'll have to get up around four or 5 a.m. Do that. And then it'll go until lunch. Um, Okay, cool. Yeah, so not too bad. Yeah, so steak is like I think the only meat you can eat just by itself. Like you don't need anything else on the plate. But like turkey, I think the problem with turkey is that you need That's to have gross. like. Do <laughs> you have to like mix it with everything else on your plate? It's like this is this is just like a protein. This isn't like here for like real flavor. It's like a steak. Yeah. A steak, you know, you really don't, you don't have to. Steak in and of itself is a meal. Yes. Like you don't. Have I, to I will agree steak, with you on that. But like you can, obviously you can enhance it with like salt and pepper and throwing butter and, and all the other stuff on there. But like, you can like take a steak, open up from package, throw it on the grill and like, oh, this is pretty good. Or you can like, yeah, all right, let me salt Although it I, first. I gotta say, I don't know if I would ever go without salt and pepper at a minimum on my steak, but you could technically, I suppose. Yeah. I'm saying like the the steak itself has enough flavor, and yeah. like the salt. I mean, so salt really only it does is like it enhances that flavor. It it pulls the flavor out more. It also tenderizes the meat because it pulls extra moisture out. Um, yeah. So so way I, I do it, it's like I'll salt it for like 24 hours, and like yeah, then I'll pull you, the moisture out. Yeah, if you don't, if you grab it too early, then you pretty much ruin the steak. You have to do it like salt it like immediately. Or you have to wait like a minimum of like eight hours, I think. Otherwise, like because like the salt is um, the moisture gets pulled out, um, and then like it it kind of like sits for a second, and then it 
um yeah it depends on what you're trying to do if you're trying to if you're trying to get a really good this is turned into the cooking hour so thanks everyone for listening yes thank you we're going to continue talking about this yeah mike you had one you had one article you wanted to share let's let's share that before we before we break (laughs) yes so this is a a babylon b article if you guys don't know this is like a christian satire site so i just want to put that out there before everyone's confused um so this was written yesterday it was the op-ed was by adolf hitler who was listed as a socialist politician vegetarian and then finally mass murderer um you can think about why that's in the order that is um but we'll move on so i'm not gonna read the entire article but i will read the the first paragraph there's a lot of debate over a seemingly inconsequential topic but i feel i must weigh in it's become increasingly common for people to claim that the 1988 action thriller Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Well, there are a few things I know well. Genocide, evil, and the proper classification of Christmas movies. So let's put this debate to rest once and for all. Um, and then I'll read the last paragraph. Um, there's, yeah, I'm skipping the two middle ones. So this Christmas, watch Elf or Miracle on 34th Street or even the one with the BB gun. But don't you dare put on Die Hard, or you have made an enemy of Adolf Hitler. <laughs> Prove me once again, Chris, Die Hard is a Christmas movie, and if you disagree, then you are the same as Hitler. Thank you, everyone. Well, in the, in Prove me once again now. that there's good. <laughs> <laughs> They're perfect. We're going to leave that in. I'm glad I didn't podcast yet. Merry Christmas to all. To all, Merry a Christmas. good night. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year if we don't get to sneak in a a podcast during our Christmas break. Bye, everyone. Bye.